Welcome to another episode of CUNA School District's Together We Can podcast. I'm your host, Wendy Johnson, superintendent of the amazing CUNA School District. And today we have a very important topic to discuss. We'll be diving into the question, what should parents do when they have a concern with something that's going on at school? And it might even be, what do parents do when they just have a concern about their child? And maybe some things are going on at home, some things, you know, how do they transition into school? And we have three very amazing people on our panel today, and I'm going to have them first introduce themselves. They have a a really great insight because all three of these fabulous people are parents, and they're also educators in our school district. So our first panelist is Bree Martin. Would you tell us a little bit, tell our audience a little bit about who you are? Sure. Uh, my name is Bree Martin, and I am a parent of two middle schoolers and a high schooler. I have had my kids in CUNA school districts for 10 years, and I have recently started teaching for CUNA schools, too. So I work in an elementary school at CUNA school district. Okay, thank you. And next to Bree is Laura Strange. Laura, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, I'm Laura Strange, and I have four boys, and we've been in the CUNA School District about four years. Two of them are in high school now. One's a senior. Uh, And yes, (laughs) and then there's a middle schooler and an elementary school student. Uh, And so uh, we've been in multiple districts and multiple states, and then I'm also an educator now at the high school teaching a science class. Great. Thank you, Laura. We somehow do that to our parent leaders. We also try to wrangle them into teaching every once in a while. So thank you both for teaching for us as well. And last but not least is Brian Graves, who's had multiple roles in our school district over the years, but parent first, right? Yeah. Well, actually, I was, I was opposite of them, I guess. I was, I was an educator here first. Um, I was hired in, by our district 21 years ago. Um, I just counted fast. I have nine different job titles since I've been in our district. <laughs> this will be my 27th year as, as an educator, second year working in here in the district office, um, but getting to work as an administrator at the middle school, elementary, and high school level. So kind of getting to see a little mm-hmm. bit of all of it. My kids have gone to, I have three boys, um, gone to our CUNA school district for now 16 years. Um, two graduated. One is at University, uh, Boise State University. I almost said the wrong one because he's not there anymore. <laughs> uh, I have, my middle kid is a freshman at Boise State and my older boy is at Montana Tech. Um, so yeah, and I've got an eighth grader at CUNA yeah. Middle School. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that and just letting us know who you are. And we're going to get to know each other a lot even more. So kind of to kip, kick off the topic, um, let's talk about recognizing when you have a concern at school, um, that parent lens first. All three of you, as I said, have a unique perspective since you're both parents and educators. As a parent, what are some signs that might indicate there might be a problem going on with your child or something that maybe they're challenged by? What do you look for? What do you see? One of my uh, sons has special needs, so um, his way of dealing and um, operating in his classes are a little different than some of the others. But one thing I noticed with him, and then I started seeing it more in my other sons too, is if um, they said they were bored during the day or they were just not they're kind of blah about the day or sometimes even like my special needs son, he don't go to the nurse's office a lot and mm-hmm. say, like, I, oh, my stomach just hurt. And then he wouldn't want to leave. So then I would start saying, oh, wait, that's not about actually a physical ailment. That's about he, there was something that was happening in that class yeah. or situation that made him uncomfortable or not feeling good, but he couldn't express it well. So I, you know, if I hear about them, um, 
having an issue like that or even just saying, eh, the day was okay. I tried to dig deeper, like, hey, yeah. well, um, what did you do at recess? Or yeah. what did you have for lunch? Or did you eat all your lunch? Or, you know, just started to try to dig deeper and hear what was the problem or what how they felt anyway about the day. Yeah. So, How do you know when to intervene as a parent then? When you find out, is it just like friends maybe being mean to one another versus maybe there's a bigger issue? Well, yeah, I think you kind of have to look at, like, I go back to, well, what was our day like? Yeah. Was, did we have to, like, rush out the door because we didn't get up in time? Or right. um, did we have a late night? So you kind of have to filter it through um, just some of the basics of what you're doing in your life. But um, mostly I just try to say, like, okay, what did that person say? What did it make you feel bad about? And if it's something little like, hey, at recess they didn't pick me for, you know, to be on the soccer team, then I'm like, well, you know, maybe next time you can get that chance or you can kind of talk about it with them. And that's obviously not something you have to mention to a teacher or anything like that. But if it's something like I know with my elementary school student, he was talking about how at recess there were kids that were not liking that he had a group of friends playing a game. And so they would try to get his attention. And after a while, that ended up with them actually physically pushing him and the other t- the aides on the playground didn't see it, and the teacher didn't know. And so I was like, well, did you tell anyone why? I didn't really want to tell anyone because he's not one of those people who yep. want to say anything. Yep. So then I said, well, maybe we should talk to someone so they have that knowledge that those kids were you know, kind of being yeah. a bully. And so that's when I would say, Great. let's reach out to the teacher. Great. I like the approach of we're in this together, right, yeah. you and I. So thank you, Laura. I appreciate that. Bree, what would you add? As a, I was as a listening parent. to her, and I was thinking, absolutely filter through everything. And I think with my own children, I've handled everything a little bit differently. Yeah. The way I handle a situation in middle school might not be the same way that mm-hmm. I handled it in elementary school. In elementary school, it was super easy because you have one teacher, and you can yeah. reach out to that one teacher and say, hey, this is going on, and you can communicate really well with that one teacher. In middle school, I have to really listen yeah. and connect. And with my own kiddos, I often say, do you want me to help you? with this. And that's an important question to ask your kids because in that social situation, sometimes parent involvement makes it worse if they're handling it okay. And we want them to be able to solve their own problems and navigate their social skills well in middle school and high school. And so that's a question I find myself asking my middle schooler and high schooler a lot. Do you want my help with this? And then what I've always told myself is go with my mom gut. If I really felt like something was wrong, then I let them know that I'm concerned or I have concerns. Um, In middle school, if it's one specific class, I just reach out to that one teacher. If it's a social situation, I've contacted the counselor. Just depends on, I really try to filter through the information, like Laura said, and, and figure out what the best situation is for what I'm dealing with at the time. Yeah, thank you. How about you, Brian? Thank you guys both. For me, it's it's really hard because I, I think I was able to, or I had to put dad in a kind of like the backseat and, mm. and be principal. So a lot of times my kids, if just getting them to talk, they they knew, they knew that I had to promise not to do anything. Yeah. Because they just, you know, just to get them to finally share. Um, and so then sometimes you, you go digging to find out is something not right. Yeah. And you actually reward your kid inadvertently to tell you negative things when there's mm-hmm. really not that bad. Yeah, it's life um, yeah. versus there's a problem. Yeah. yeah. And so but just trying to get their trust, um, it's obviously easier. I, I don't remember what it's like to have a, a little kid anymore. You know, like, <laughs> so um but just trying to 
keep their trust. And then I, I love what Bree said is like, what, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to just listen? Do you want me to do sometimes you go into solve mode instead of listen mode? Um, but I just, as an administrator trying to talk to parents, I've, I've met with a lot of parents of how do I get, how do I get help? How do I, what do I do? How do I talk to this teacher? They're afraid of maybe, um, their kid or them being held maybe treated badly because mm-hmm. they go and complain. So just trying to teach people um, how like ask for help, um, assume positive, when to include counselor, when to include admin, just as a CC. Yeah. Sometimes that, that teacher isn't good with email or good at responding. So sometimes just a simple putting the principal on there or putting a counselor on there, you get a response quicker. Um, but when you, man, when you ask for help, things happen so much faster than when you, 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 you and I were talking earlier, I've never once solved anything by yelling or screaming or getting mad. Um, now, I may get mad and want to yell and scream after I hear some of their, the answers, but yeah. not start there. Yeah. I, I think the, the advice I've always been given when expressing a concern is positive intentions. Um, I actually had a, a parent tell me this parent in the community said something about believing about half of what your kid says about the teacher and the teacher will believe about half of what the kid says about the parent, you know. So having that positive intention so you come in and say, and it's hard, don't you think, as a parent to have that? Sometimes your baby, your child is worried, concerned, and they come with, you know, and you want to fix it and you want to make it all better. Um, And so, yeah, you can get hot, right? You can get upset. But we usually get to work through it. So thinking of that, what does that look like on the educator side? What are things you look for as far as signs that kids may be needing some extra help or what do a I concern? look for in my yeah. students? Yeah. So I want to say first, before I even begin to say what I look for in my students, I love it when parents tell me things yeah. or when they just don't understand what's happening. Yeah. Um, I teach kindergarten. And so a lot, like you just said, a lot of the things that come home are bits and pieces from a five-year-old perspective. Right. And so I love it when parents say, hey, what is this about? Because I can explain what happened or the situation or what I know about what's going on. It is my favorite thing. And I thank them when they tell me what kids are coming home and saying, because oftentimes I don't know what they're saying when they get home right. from school. Um, How they're making meaning yeah, of the situation. What they're, making, what they're <laughs> explaining to their parents could be a totally different thing than I intended or the situation that happened at school. I love it when parents reach out to me yeah. and and we communicate because as a, as a teacher of little people, we're a team. And if <laughs> If we're not communicating and on the same page, I'm not doing my best job to help their kids. So I love it when parents just reach out, even the quick like, hey, I heard this, what's going on? Or our family plans changed and our schedule's changing. I love those things because it helps me better serve their students. When I reach out to them, if I haven't heard anything, is if I see them um, sleeping in school, um, getting angry, tired, um, having um, what I call fits. (laughs) Uh You know, like I don't want to do that and flopping themselves on the floor. Those kind of things I really notice about kiddos. And the first time it happens, I always wonder, oh, maybe it was a bad night. But if those behaviors are consistent in students, I definitely would reach out to a parent and ask, hey, what's been going on at home? Because I've been noticing this at school. And a lot of times I get the answer that I'm looking for, you know, yeah. and it and it helps me to help their child because I can't teach them anything if they're having a hard moment. But if I can get them to relax and feel happy and calm at school, then I can teach them. That's that's the easy part. So I like them to feel comfortable and be happy when they're at school. Yeah, thank you. You mentioned the word partnership, which is really what this whole 
part, you know, podcast is really trying to promote that stronger partnership between home and school. So would you add anything, Laura, like, like you know, being somewhat new to teaching in a formal setting? I know you've taught in other um, maybe more non-traditional yeah, settings. Like non-traditional. what do you look for, you know, if, a, if well, you're worried about a high school student, for example? It's interesting because Bree mentioned, um, you know, that checking in with the parent because maybe they're doing some behaviors that are off and you can't teach unless you know what's going on with them. And I just, what we used to say in when the more informal education environment, if they're just struggling to survive that day, they're in survival mode. So they're not going to hear anything you're trying to teach them. So it was more about what can we do to just kind of pull them out or give them that hand up, you know, reach out to them. And so I think from high school perspective, um, there are things that may be a little different than elementary, but it's surprisingly, it's a lot of the same (laughs) thing, which is kind of funny to say, but, um, some, of that I worked a lot with elementary and preschool as well as uh, older ages and sometimes I tell my students directly well my job working with elementary stu- students in this particular field has maybe prepared me for you because of <laughs> yeah. what I see is the fits and the tantrums sometimes but in a, a different w- per way maybe but um, anyway what I see sometimes though is you don't get a lot of communication from parents at the high school level it's kind of a, like you're on your own you're independent or maybe for a reason that they're trying to get them into, um, uh, they're taking their own responsibility for themselves. However, we still need to hear that if there's something specific, um, especially if there's like a, a, an issue in their family or they're going through a hard time. Or I know last year I had a student with a grandpa that passed away and he was not a pleasant person, but I knew exactly why. Because, yeah. But the counselors told me that. So sometimes if a parent maybe isn't interested in talking to the teacher, if at least they can talk to the counselors, the counselors can tell us about things. But I really would love to hear from from the parents because um, a lot of the students don't want to necessarily open up. They feel like they're being, uh, they just don't want to admit when they need help sometimes, yeah. even the ones that need help and they know they need help. They still don't want to admit they need help. So I just kind of look for things that are just a little off. A lot of times it's definitely um, a withdrawal. Yeah. You know, if they're not really in wanting to engage, if they're just uh, more than just being quiet or shy, I often wonder what happened or what was going on or is it uh, something off that day. So I've kind of right now been tracking some students I know that are just, they don't seem to really care. And yeah. so I'm... Um, keep that on my back burner. And if it keeps continuing over weeks, then I try to reach out or at least talk to them in person. Because some of them don't want you to even talk to their parents. They're worried about it. Um, I don't know if it's because there is something going on at home or it's just that they don't they don't want to be on that radar of like, oh, the teacher's talking about me. Yeah, and they don't want to add to the plate yeah, of their parent, almost, maybe. It's even. almost like, yeah. a, oh, you called home on me. I'm in trouble immediately, even if it's like something. Or like, if we, what if we called home and said, you have an amazing student? They yeah. still feel like, oh, you called yeah. my parent. So um, there's that, that. But you kind of just have to know, in a sense, that their brains are not fully developed, so they can't always communicate that. So what are their actions showing? Absolutely. We, we talk about behavior being communication, right, um, when we work with, with students. Brian, I know you kind of talked about both your what you look for as a parent and also as a, um, an educator. Would you add anything to what these fine no, I'm educators the, and moms yeah. have said? No, and, and we really pushed our kids, too, to try to do that to teach them how to talk maybe it out on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, I just 
KMS had a, a rough little football game yesterday, and and my son had to sit out three plays, and he that's all he wanted to talk about is why why do you think coach took me out for those three plays? And I'm like, buddy, think about this buddy didn't get to play at all, this friend didn't get to play at all, and he's trying to have that perspective. But he wanted to go ask why, and I said. I love that you want to do it first, but think about it in other people's, you know, other people's yeah. perspective, because um, your your play is nowhere close to what the other ki- the other kids yeah. want to play. Those three plays that you didn't get to play, yeah. um, so it was fun to watch his perspective and just to, but just trying to get your kid to have those conversations themselves first. Yeah, and I get it. The kindergartners probably not be able to do that as well. Yeah, as, oh, as an age, oh, <laughs> <laughs> just comes out differently. <laughs> a little differently, but I just trying to to. to Use some kind of chain of command. I know I hate yeah. saying that, but at the same time, because when when something's on fire, then you sometimes you don't go to the teacher first. You you jump. But at the same time, if it's just a, a question, maybe having them learn to ask that question first. And again, it's a little bit easier with the older kids. But yeah, usually when you go closest to the source, the solutions get quicker. You know, and usually you're like, oh boy, that was not at all what happened. Yeah, it's and way more in the middle. Here, and... yeah, yeah, and oh, I didn't realize your child took it that way, and so we can we can work it out, or I can make sure and check in. You know, like you said, Laura, whatever is needed with the kiddos. Something that I thought about while yeah. they were talking too. Um, you said embarrassed. Yeah. And I think that that happens a lot. It happens for me. I'm mm-hmm. sometimes embarrassed. My kids are embarrassed. And I never want somebody to feel embarrassed about what they, you know, is going on in their life and how we can better help their kids. We have a super awesome team and we came yeah. up with a paper that says handle with care. And all those parents have to do is tell us, please handle my kid with care today. And I bet if you sent that yes. to any educator in the CUNA school district, we don't need to know what happened. We don't need the details. We just need to know your kid might have a hard day. And I love it when parents just send me that message and it doesn't matter to me what happened. It could be, we just didn't sleep well last night. I yeah. don't really care, but I know that your child needs extra patience, extra time. Mm-hmm. And if they fall asleep, that's okay. They can take a nap because yeah. they had a hard day yesterday. Yeah. Like I love that about um, my team. And I love that about the teachers that I've had. I've experienced that same thing with some of the educators in CUNA schools. If I just send a message that says, hey, this was really hard and my kids are struggling and yeah. they get the attention and time that they need. I love that too. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I love the handle with care. I think we all need that from time to time, even just as adults. So I appreciate that. We've talked about what things to look for, maybe some approaches that we would share with one another, with our with our parents, with our educators even. Um, what are some steps that, that you have taken as a parent and that also you appreciate as a teacher. So thinking about once you, as a parent, have identified the concern, what you do with that next step is crucial. We've talked a little bit about, you know, um, approaching things with positive intentions, but what steps have you taken or would advise other parents to take when you're like, there is an issue and we need to handle it? I would say, first of all, don't assume it's going along with that positive intentions. But I think there's sometimes a lot of assumption that um, you know the whole story and you um, need to be open to hearing what that whole story is. You investigate first, find out, right? And no one's saying it is only one way or the other. Um, Often there's just a whole bunch of circumstances that have come together. So you have to make sure you go through, yeah, you go to that 
first person, that source first, whoever it is, and gather that information. I know that when we were in a different school district in Nevada, um, I had, uh, with my special needs son who has seizures, I had a fourth grade teacher that would say um, he was lying about saying he felt like he was going to have a seizure. Mm. And he told us that at first, but I wasn't sure he understood and so then I went and I asked the school nurse first, like, did you did he come in here? Did you have any issues with him? And she's like, yeah, we did have an issue. Or he'd come home that day and some have a seizure or something. And so I went back to the teacher. I'm like, did he say he ha- was doing that was going to happen? And mm-hmm. they would she, they would say, yeah, but he's just lying to get out of work. And I Oof. said, yeah. no, he has a medical document. Yeah issue yeah. here. So um, and he says that you need to take it seriously because you may not see it. Um, and she was um, pretty, um, not very sensitive to that fact. So you do run into sometimes yeah. when people have bad days themselves and she just had so many kids and things to deal with. I think she was overwhelmed. It was one of her first couple years of yeah. teaching. So I don't want to put her down. She tried her best, but I just think that going to her and then she was saying, yeah, that's what I did say. I was like, okay, now we know this is how we go about this. And But still, even if you hear something like that was very hard as a mom to hear, sure. you are telling me that my kid that needs special care is you're like saying these kinds of things to him, like you're lying about that yeah. and then docking him with your negative points. And I was really hard not sure. to be like, I'm really mad at you. But instead I'd be like, hey, I know this may not be something you understand. Let's just talk about this. This is what it, it is real. This is true. Um, never say that because you may not see it. And she didn't realize that he could say that and then end up even having a seizure like 24 hours and a, a later. Absolutely. So um, that was kind of uh, a way to approach it. And don't be afraid to. I guess in some, a lot of us would be afraid to almost get in, in a sense in someone's face. I don't want to sure. say it like you're very confrontational, but hey. Assertive, uh, yeah. Right? Assertive, clear communication is such a good key, and we, we're losing that in this world. I think yeah. it's just like saying to someone, "Hey, this is what I heard, or this is what I, I I feel I know. Can you explain more? Can you give clarification?" There's nothing wrong with saying it that way. Absolutely. You don't just say, "I heard you say this," and what's wrong with you? Yeah, that's going to set things off in the wrong direction. But if you just hey, give me clarification, this is what is what's yeah. been going on. So I want to hear more. That's a good way to start. Because we're all on a journey of learning together, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's also an assumption that teachers know everything about everything. So so that teacher may have learned in that opportunity that you shared, Laura, um, and got better at maybe being compassionate and also understanding how to help a child that has some special needs. Um, Bree, would you have anything that you'd want to share, like, as a as a parent? Like, Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, what you have done? Um, so I've had a couple instances where I'm – I guess the mama bear, you know, and the first thing I want to do is not my baby. And I've learned <laughs> over the years that I need to let that emotion ride before yeah. I handle anything. That's something that I have to work really hard on is, is asking questions with a calm mind. Um, I have also learned that conversations lead to solutions and confrontation often leads to more confrontation. I believe that there's healthy confrontation, like Laura was talking about yeah. when she was saying, hey, I have a question about this. That's absolutely healthy confrontation. Mm-hmm. But when you get upset and you're handling that with your emotional brain, um, sometimes it doesn't work as well. And I personally have learned that. Um, I said I had twins. Yeah. Um, the twins come with some medical expenses. Yeah. Um, one of them had uh, four surgeries before the age of four years old. And I filled out all the paperwork. Please don't make them wait to go to the restaurant. Right. 
them. Because if you make them wait to go to the restroom, it is bad. And one lost 25% of her kidney function. And it was really hard to get that message out at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And often it would happen, not necessarily with classroom teachers, but when they would go to other teachers. And it was a little bit of a bump in the middle school too. And I just had to say, please don't make them go wait to go to the restroom. If they say they have to go, they have to go. As an educator, I understand that going to the restroom is contagious. Like one kid goes, they all I'll want to, to go. go. Yes. And I understand the reason that sometimes they'll they'll be rules and say no. But I have um, two very different daughters. One is a complete rule follower and very quiet and internal and won't say anything. And one will advocate for herself a little bit more. And so I had to help them kind of navigate those roads. But my first reaction was how could they do that to my child? I put it in my paperwork. Yeah. And you know, not every single person is going to read everything that's in power school. And when I just said, hey, look, this is in power school, please don't make them wait. It is a medical necessity. If they are abusing it, let me know. If it's constant, we'll discuss yeah. that. But if they ask to go to the restroom, and it it went really well. It was yeah. received really well because I didn't do it when I was in that emotional brain, you know, like I didn't get upset. Well, I did. I got upset. Sure. And then I waited. And then I communicated with the teachers and said, this is, I did fill out the paperwork. It says it in there. There should be a notice. Please don't hold them back from using the restroom. And I probably will have to do it again when they change schools. Like I've noticed that too. New school, new admin, new policies, new procedures. So from elementary school to middle school, we had to say, hey, we need to use the restroom if we say so. Yeah. And I'm probably going to have to do it again when we go to middle school because I understand the rules and the bathroom policy yeah. and all of that. But sometimes there's a special situation for Absolutely. your kiddo. And when I handled it with just, hey, by the way, and it's here, and it was received really well. It, and they haven't had a problem since. So Great. Thank you for that example, Bree. I appreciate that. I loved when parents said, I need help, yeah. please. Don't just stop and then get mad and then maybe jump on, say, Cuna must know, and then do your complaining because yeah. that is not going to solve it. Don't be afraid to keep asking for help. And if you need to ask that principal, ask the vice principal, ask somebody else for help if you don't feel like you got it yeah. because you deserve to to get that help. But then I love what they said is maybe maybe what you think is the problem really wasn't. I think I, I have my youngest has a, has an allergy and it's it's a big deal. But at the same time, we've done a pretty good job protecting him when we've asked people to protect him. But same thing, I get a, I think I got interrupted in a meeting in your office saying that he was in an ambulance on the way to the hospital. Yeah. Um, so I was – you just instantly don't think that your kid did it. They must have did it to him yeah. because he knows. Come to find out it was it wasn't one of those caramel apple things that you buy that says made in a – shop that may have traces and you're like oh it's not that big a deal there's no way that got there and it did Mm -hmm. so it was nothing the school did and actually one of our wonderful um kitchen managers probably saved his life by getting him to the not to the hospital i'm saying to the nurse's office as fast and one of our current nurses hit him with every EpiPen that she had before the ambulance took him but it wasn't anything the school did but your first inclination is hey i've I've done everything (laughs) they know he's on a 504 they know that it's supposed to be peanut free what did they do to him? And they yeah. they didn't. Yeah. But it, luckily, no one went yelling because that wouldn't have helped. And I definitely didn't post it on CUNA Must Know because that wouldn't have solved anything. Right, right. And sometimes it stirs up more than it does actually help that individual situation. 
I, I know we're used to as social creatures going to social situations to to get help. And there's there's your networks that sometimes you might want to run it by first, you know, like, okay, this happened, what do I do? If you're not sure how to go about that, that's also a really great thing to do, you know, talk to another parent who's been there, done that, you know, and can give you some advice. So Brian, you brought up a really good point. So when you go to the source of the concern that in this case we all talked about teachers and it doesn't get solved. And sometimes it may or may not be the teacher's fault, right? And then maybe some conditions. I think Laura talked about they have a lot of kids, you know, that they're managing. Um, going to the principal next um, or an administrator next to help solve that is a good next step. Um, are there other things that you guys have done to kind of solve things beyond that? I, you know, if I were to ever give advice to a parent about how to, you know, like that first parenting thing is, is we've, we want to pay it forward. So our kids are required and they've learned quickly how to do it, but they're required to go say thank you to every coach, every teacher after every class, every practice. You, you start to buy, no matter what anybody says, teachers, coaches have favorites. They don't want to have favorites, but they, they, they treat, everyone treats people that treat them well better so and at least that's my philosophy so we've we've really talked about to our kids is is, is show thank you and then go say thank you mm-hmm. but just buying like like we do we do thank you cards at the, the holidays we we we're really big on appreciation and then if when you need something or you need help typically you're gonna get a better reception because you've been a good human yeah to begin with so that we've really talked about that um that that would be one of the things that I think from the beginning maybe maybe you are able to get through a situation better because you've you've already established a positive mm-hmm. relationship. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Yeah, no, there's advice. research about that, right? Yeah, you know, absolutely. That emotional bank account, I think, is the reference when you make deposits with people. Um, when there's a tough thing that comes up, whether that's in a relationship with a, a spouse or a child and parent relationship or a a, a parent and teacher relationship, when those deposits are made, um, you, you can weather the storm of challenges a lot easier because there's, there's, a, there's trust that's been built. Yeah, we do a, like a little like introduction to who our kid is to our teachers, you know, yeah. at the very beginning and just, and then let them know you're going to have full support. And yeah. then, but we're going to you know, open communication and please, right. please ask us anything and, and you know, we're going to do the same. So. Yeah. Because we're going to have challenges, right? As parents with our kids, as teachers working with kids, um, we we don't every always get everything right. So, are there are there other pieces of advice of like what to do? Like Laura, you had a challenge with a teacher in Nevada, and it sounds like you resolved it. Maybe with the teacher, she understood. Have you had to take it to the next level ever? Oh yeah, in different situations yeah. where we um, have had other conflicts, and and we all understand that we're all human, and there are times when people do made a, make a mistake, or sometimes they aren't the nicest people. Right. Um, right. Th- that happens, so we don't want to like sugarcoat everything as being like the exactly. perfect world. Because part of teaching our children is to how do you navigate those challenges, those hardships, those times when maybe you didn't get a fair shake. Yeah. I have my oldest had a, a seventh grade teacher that just honestly didn't like him. Mm-hmm. We never could figure out why. Um, but he got picked on and he really did. And when we, when we checked into it, we found out like she wouldn't communicate with us. There was a lot of issues. We had to go to the administrator and the administrator didn't really know what was going on. But, um, 
over time, she just left the teaching profession. Yeah. So we knew there was some major issues going yeah. on there. Um, but we, what we did with him is we told him, like, look, you're going to have situations in your life where you will be working or dealing with people that aren't going to like you for some reason. And the best thing you can do is still show them kindness and grace because then it's not on you. And how do you go about um, – making your relationship better and showing respect in regardless. And so it was kind of like, even though you weren't doing anything wrong in this situation, what are you going to do to help yourself feel better? Because you yeah. feel better about yourself when you, like Brian was saying, yeah. that make yourself have this emotional bank and make yourself the good, the good person. You feel like, hey, I'm doing my part and I'm proud of myself for doing that, even in these bad situations. So um, I think it's just kind of teaching your children to advocate for themselves and to kind of be that light and just try to be that good in the world. Um, to your teachers, to your fellow uh, peers, anyone that's around you. So I think talking to teachers and admin and anyone else who have issues, but also just encouraging your children to, you can make it better too. Yeah. No great. matter what happened. I love that. I had time to process while they were talking, and I absolutely agree relationships matter. And um, that's something that our family strives for, too, is to um, acknowledge our teachers. Um, I went and personally met all of my children's middle school teachers. I told them that we were an advocate. I told them that if they needed anything, we would absolutely help and support them. Um, and funny enough, a week into school, I got a positive parent phone call home from one of those teachers. Yeah. So I can tell that that relationship with that teacher has been built. And then if there's a problem with my kiddo at the school, then I feel like they would contact me. And I feel like if the, I have a problem with what's happening in class, I could contact them. Um, in the past, the way that we've handled this after building those positive yeah. relationships, um, my son was having a hard time on the bus. Mm -hmm. And the first thing I did was talk to the bus driver and it didn't get better. And um, he was being told that he smelt bad. Oh. And he was by told, kids? No. By, oh, by the adults. driver. Okay. And actually, I, I ended up yes. talking to you about this yes. but after the fact. Um, and she kept saying it and she told him to wash his lunchbox in his backpack. And I was like, but I do that. I, I do that. Why are you talking to him like this? And so it continued, and I talked to the principal because I didn't know where to go. Yeah. And the principal said, here's a great place. Go talk to transportation. And I called transportation. I said, hey, this has gone on. I've talked to the bus driver. I went to my school. I talked to the teacher. I talked to the principal. And then I called transportation. And the woman was lovely. Mm -hmm. She picked up my route. She investigated what was going on. Two days later, I heard back. And she said, well, we found out that a high schooler was dumping something and they had assigned seats. And she was smelling it and thinking that it was my elementary school kid smelling bad on the bus. And, and she apologized to me. The bus driver did some training yeah. and then you heard about it later yep. and said was yep. that issue handled and I said absolutely it was because it was at a time I was yeah. on the advisory council yep. yeah and I I didn't go straight to you I didn't bring that to the advisory council because I didn't feel like that was appropriate I first talked to the bus driver and when he he didn't want to ride the bus anymore and he was showering three times a day Aww. I was like oh no we've got a problem my little fourth grader is sad <laughs> and and so I you know continued yep. talking to the people and it was handled without having a fit and coming straight to you. That's not something I would ever do. And I didn't need to because the people that worked at the school district handled it yeah. in an awesome way. Yeah. And sometimes I'll, I'll join into this conversation for a moment. So just ask questions. Sometimes it doesn't get handled. 
and it and it may just be a misunderstanding workload timeline and there's a time when it needs to come you know to to Brian who works in our office to Kim to me um, to help you get things resolved and that's definitely appropriate um, and you know we we help clarify as well um, and and that's definitely part of the chain of command that that Brian dis- discussed and shared so you guys are just giving such great advice. I really appreciate it. Um, now, we talked about, like, what to look for in kids. We've talked about, like, what do you do when you have a concern? And then let's talk about resources and support. And this is really part of all of our, our goals here is how do we connect together. Um, so you you work in our schools. Um, you are parents in our schools. How can schools and teachers support parents when they have concerns? So I've worked for the school district for three years and been a parent for 10. Uh, Two years ago, almost exactly, I was diagnosed with cancer. And I knew that was going to be hard on me. It was going to be hard on my children. I was worried about their academics. I was actually more worried about my husband and children than I was myself. And so I reached out to all of the teachers. And um, they were so supportive. By the time I actually went in for surgery and treatment, my son said, the principal came and checked in on me today. And I said, did that scare you? No, it felt really good that he knew who I was and he was worried about my mom. And I think that the best part about CUNA schools, both working here and and having children here, is that the people here care about people. Um, my Children didn't suffer at all. In fact, we gave them the option on the day of my surgery. Do you want to go to school or do you want to stay home? Either choice was okay with me, and I knew the school would be fine with either one. And my children felt so wrapped up in love that they chose to go to school. They went to school on a day I had a major surgery. I had lots of family in town, and they were checked on. Everyone knew where I was, the teachers, the parents, the kids. My husband um, let the people know when I was out of surgery, and they delivered the message to class. Um, the counselors checked in, the social workers checked in. There are so many resources available to families here. And if you know your child needs support, because I did, and you tell them my kids need supported, CUNA schools and teachers will support your children. We have the resources and the staff and the people to do it. And everyone will, from the principal to the janitor to the bus driver. They all did. Everyone knew what was going on in my life. And all I did was email their teachers. Mm -hmm. And we were reached out to and wrapped up in so much support. And that is beyond amazing to be a part of a community like that. And I was on the flip side too, because my school did it as well. You know, like as as an employee, employee. I was taken care of as well. But my kids was what I was the most worried about. And they chose to go to school because it was a safe space. And there were people there who loved them and they knew what was going on. So it was, and their grades didn't drop. I mean, they just took care of them and it was just an awesome, positive experience. And I'm glad we were here, a part of this district and this community when we went through that because it they didn't suffer at all. And you're a cancer survivor. Two years. Yay. Two years. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Okay, Brian, I'm going to go to you. Um, I think of a, a, a young man um, who we have now, a basketball game in his honor every year at CUNA High, um, kind of an alumni deal. Um, and, when, and when this young man got sick, his parents asked for help, and, and the school um, did everything possible. I think, I think it's that moment of we can help if we know. Yeah. We can stop things if we know. We can, we can provide s- 
opportunities if we know just trust us and and come come talk to somebody if there's no one at your school that you trust or your kids school i guess that you trust or that you can lean on then then come to one of us and ask because we'll we'll hook you up with a person but there are people in our schools and what's so cool i I think of brie and when i first met brie i know you were in like in the athletics like the optimist and the the little kids sports stuff and that's we we just know so many people in this community that we can get you hooked up i think of parents that that need help maybe connecting a new student to our community and and Church groups, youth groups, sports. There's so many ways that we can help. Uh, you know, the I almost said FFA, 4-H. There's yeah. We just know so many things to get you involved, and just just trust us and ask for help, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do too much probably. If you if, ask, you yeah. get it. <laughs> you get it. <laughs> you do. Yeah, Laura, would you add anything? Especially yeah. your recent, kind of a recent. I'm transplant. To yes, Kuna, right? I've been in Cuna four years, yeah. and um, when we came here, um, my oldest was in eighth grade, so he had to start a new place in eighth grade. That was yeah. fun for him, I'm sure. And um, but my special needs son, and he started sixth grade, um, and then of course my elementary students, and they were fine no matter what he did. But with um, my son with epilepsy, he had a brain surgery about two years ago, and that was when he was in eighth grade. And um, yeah, just telling the staff and the teachers and everyone what was going on with him, with putting an implant in to helping with his seizures, it's a long process. He was in the hospital for a month, and um, my husband was down with him, so my husband wasn't home for a month, and I had to leave, and I was down there for almost two weeks. So I had to, I told, of course, my uh, stu- my younger kids' teachers, and you know, like, this may be the way they're acting because yeah. we're gone or whatever, but, um, and they felt supported. They were fine going to school and things, um, but, th- and going through all of that was um, just actually amazing, and um, the, the fact that we have school resource officers, and um that we have the counselors that we do and the teachers and everyone was always asking about him and seeing how he was doing. Um, it's just letting people know. And I think we're going back to what I said earlier with even our students feeling embarrassed about mm-hmm. needing help. We all don't want to ask for help. We all right. think we can do it alone, but the connection happens when you actually let people know what is going on and who and how that's impacting you. So instead of being like, how are you doing? Fine. Oh, good. It's, it should be more than that. It should be like, well, really, what is your day like? What is going on? And you can say, well, my son is going through this. And you can say, wow, how can I help you? And um, those things mean a lot. And um, I think just getting it out there and just keeping that communication open is a big key. So Yeah, great. Thank you, guys. I know I know. sometimes it's harder when when – there's potentially a problem, and, and you know, I, my background is working with adolescents, and personally, you know, teaching that that age group, they don't want to be narcs, like they don't want to tell. Um, but like Brian said, we can't do things if we don't know. Brian, what what would you, especially since you were at a high school and administering a high school, what would you tell parents whose kids? come home and they're like, no, no, I don't want you to do anything. I don't want you to say anything. Um, and we know it's not going to get better if we don't know. How do you help them navigate that? Um, it, it happened quite often, and and parents, I think, had that worry that you're going to snitches. Yeah, you know, yeah. That, that a parent would come with a situation and, and we needed to 
to, to investigate it. And it was simply like, hey, on, when we were watching the cameras, we saw – and they they honestly believe that somebody is watching the cameras all the time. Yeah. They honestly believe that you can hear. So there's there's ways definitely to to get – to look into something or help somebody without ever yeah. letting know. Um, if you just let us know, but let us know that you maybe you don't want anyone to know. I mean yeah. – if I get an anonymous complaint about a about a coach who doesn't run the right offense, I'm throwing that away. <laughs> but at right. the same time, if you get an anonymous or a, a parent saying, "Hey, will you look into the upstairs yeah. bathroom? There's something going on. My my kids, you know, don't want anyone to know that they told." There, yeah. There's never there's never been a time where I said, "Well, Billy told me." That, right. That, yeah, that's not going to help anyone. So you're please not going to put that no. kid at risk for Absolute, further abso- bullying. Absolutely yeah. not. But at the same time. Um, that that person, you know, like you watch on the the news that that lived next to the serial killer and said, well, "I always wondered how that guy. That guy yeah. was crazy," <laughs> and didn't say anything. I mean, right. just please speak up. And, yeah. And the, we're we're never gonna. No, there's no way that you're gonna throw anybody under the bus in the right. sense of that doesn't solve the problem. Right. Thank you. I I know that usually comes up when when people are worrying about sharing. Yeah. Right. Um, so I think you um, all for. For sharing, was there there any last words that any of you would like to share? I would say always do what's best best for your kiddo. Yeah, always. I think while I was listening to Brian talk, like if you don't want to say anything, that's okay. But if your kid keeps struggling and showing all the signs that we were talking about, Mm. and they hate school or they don't want to go or they're changing, say something. Absolutely, help them, support them, even if they maybe don't want you to, because we can protect them. Absolutely, and, and keep it private. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys so much for your valuable insights. It's it's I've learned every time I connect with parents and connect with educators and am reinforced often about how fabulous the community and people we serve and work side by side with are. So um, in today's podcast, we've discussed the importance of recognizing concerns at schools, taking proactive steps and seeking support from educators and school staff. Remember, parents, you're not alone in this journey, and there are resources available to help you navigate any challenges that may arise. And that's all the time we have for today's episode of Together We Can. We hope you found this discussion helpful. If you have questions or topics you'd like to see us cover in future episodes, please reach out to us on our website or social media channels. A special shout out to our producers of this podcast, Troy Stevens. Woohoo! Yay! Allison Westfall. Woohoo! Until next time, stay curious, stay connected, and remember, together we can. <laughs>